0: Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Praise the Lord. Are you thankful for God and His Word today? Let's go to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1 and be, we'll be jumping through this chapter today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly, perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. So when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, the children of the day. Ye are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Watch and be sober. Go down to verse 12. Pick up the reading there of chapter 5. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Know them that you work with. Know them that you labor under. Verse 13, And to esteem them very highly in love for their works' sakes and be at peace among yourselves now we exhort you brother and warn them that are unruly comfort the feeble-minded support the weak be patient toward all men somebody say that's a good word see that none render evil for evil unto any man but ever but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. And as a child at this segment was some of my favorite verses because I could memorize them. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. That's a verse, y'all. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Let me read that again. This is our key verse for today. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Lord, we love your word today. We give honor to your word today. Your word takes preeminence over everything in our life. Lord, I pray that we would make sure that the word, oh God, is in us. That we are committed to the word. Lord, that we are in love with your word. For Lord, it is the word of life. It's the word of hope. It's the word of help. It's the word of healing. It's the word of strength today. God, we love your word. Can you just lift up your voice right now and thank God for his word in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I praise you today. Hallelujah. Thank you for your, your word. Thank you, Lord, for your instruction. Thank you, Lord, uh, for being there for us and helping us every step of the way. In Jesus' mighty name, the Lord bless you. I want to talk to you this morning about the change test. Everybody say the change test. The Lord bless you. could be seated. Progress and advancement in culture and society is not only inevitable, it is essential. While progress can demand change, not all change is progress. I say it again. I want you to get this. While progress... Demands change. Not all change is progress. Sometimes change is regress, going back. In the early 1960s, Bob Dylan wrote a ballad that he hoped would become an anthem of change for the world. He re- reportedly said this Recall writing the song as a deliberate attempt to create an anthem of change for a movement. Twenty years later, Mr. Dillon said this, quote, This was definitely a song with a purpose. And the song title he made was Times Are Changing. The song seemed appropriate to depict the radical changes that occurred in the decade of the 60s. Anybody remember some of the things that happened in the 60s? It It was a huge shift, amen, in the 60s. We witnessed the dramatic change in the 60s, and then we came from the 60s to the 70s, and the 70s was a decade of change, and then we went into the 80s, and the 80s was a decade of change, and I hear that 80s is coming back. You know, here's the thing you got to know about fashion. Keep your big tie. It's coming back. Change is certain. Change is inevitable. The closer one looks, the easier it is to see that change is the constant from decade to decade in all cultures, in all places, in all points. When you look at the preacher from the book of Ecclesiastes, the preacher is said said it like this in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 9. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. That's a pretty radical change, isn't it? A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to get a time to lose a time a time to keep and a time to cast away a time to win and a time to sow amen a time to keep silence and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate a time of war and a time of peace amen what Profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth. Times change. Situations change. Culture changes. Methods change. But sometimes dread and fear often is associated with change. Some change is difficult. But change is inescapable. If you don't think that change is inescapable, then please look at a picture of you 10 years ago times are a change. But the problem with change is that uh, we often don't know what to change or when to change or how to change. Because not all change is good. We sometimes refuse to change at all. Some change is downright deadly. Can I say that again? Some change is downright downright deadly. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul is warning the church about that there is going to be a, a seasons of change. There's going to be a seasons and a time. He said, Of the times and the seasons, you need not know that you, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. You will see that in Ephesians chapter 4, it is depicted change deadly change like every wind of doctrine it's known as a deadly change people who are constantly changing are like children according to scripture who are being tossed and to and fro from every wind of doctrine nothing wrong with being a child the question is, are we going to be the children of the day that Paul wrote about, or are we going to be the children of the light that he wrote about? For the children of the day are the ones that understand the essentiality of change, but they wait, and they prove it, and they test it, and they're going to be watching and be sober. They're not gullible and being sucked into every new fad that comes along. Not being sucked in by every little new idea that comes along, but rather it is Simply I've got to watch and be sober in this hour. Like it or not, life is a constant cycle of change. But we humans often resist it, don't we? Somebody say, Amen. That's the way I've done it forever all these years, and it's worked for me. Well, that's great. That is great. But I want to tell you, I want to keep my AC. I kind of like that. I want to keep power steering. Anybody remember what it was like to drive a car without power steering? Some of you young folks, you don't know nothing. You just spoiled rotten. Drive a car with power steering, it was like this. Am I preaching the truth? Preaching the truth. Some of you don't know what it is to have to drive a, 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 a three on the column or, or, or four on the floor. You, know, you don't even know what that, what that is. And, it, and it, Change happens and it, it's all a part of life. On June the 4th, 1783, at the market square of a French village of Annonay, not far from Paris, a smoky bonfire on a raised platform, was fed by wet straw and old wool rags. Tethered above, straightening its line, was a huge bag, 33 feet in diameter. In the presence of a respectable assembly and a great many other people, they wrote, and accomplished by great cheering, the balloon was cut from its moorings and set free to rise majestically into the noon sky. Six thousand feet in the air it went. The first public ascent of a balloon. The first step in the history of human flight. It came to earth several miles away where it was promptly attacked with pitchfork waving peasants and tore to pieces as an instrument of evil. Didn't, they didn't like that change, did they? When the railroads were first introduced to the United States, some folks feared that they would be uh, 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 the downfall of the nation. Here's an excerpt from a letter to then-President Jackson dated January 31, 1829. It says, as you know, Mr. President, President, railroad carriages are pulled at enormous speed of 15 miles per hour by engines which, in uh, additional, in addition to endangering life and limb of passengers, roar and snort their way through the countryside, setting fire to crops, scaring the livestock, and frightening women and children. The Almighty, this is what he said, the Almighty certainly never intended that people would travel at such breakneck speed. The governor of New York. Change is sometimes difficult. Change is sometimes hard. Amen. But I want to make this preference to this message today. What I'm talking about is not this. What I'm talking about is not the word of God. There are some things that have already been proven Time after time after time, this book is unchangeable. Our God is unchangeable. Truth is unchangeable. Doctrine in the word of God is unchangeable. Jesus Christ being the Lord of glory is unchangeable. The mighty God in Christ is unchangeable. Jesus' name baptism is unchangeable. Living a holy, godly life is unchangeable. There are some unchangeables that we're not talking about today, putting them to the test. But I want to tell you when it comes to methods, when it comes to the way we do things, when it comes to how we operate, we cannot grow without change. We cannot improve without change. We cannot improve and grow without change. Change. The question is, how do we know how to properly change? How do we identify the right time for change? How do we understand the difference between what is good and what is bad change? The reality is that we need a biblical concept, a biblical concept of change. That is, we need to know what God says about change and how to embrace it and how to let it go. For the Bible gives to us a, a teaching, a study, a theology, if you please, that is critical because it calls us to examine change in the light of God's word. I don't believe that we ought to be the first to pick up fads. I don't believe that we ought to be the first to pick up fashions. and I don't think we ought to be the first one with every little thing that comes along. But when you live in a world that is changing as rapidly as we are doing, oh God, help us to understand how can we reach our our world better. How can we deliver this message of truth better? How can we get it into the hands of people better? And it comes to that we must be willing to say, God, let's put change to the test. This thought came to me as I was sitting at NYC this year in a building that was packed out with I would I would estimate about five thousand people, and my mind went back to the first time that uh we 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 went there. The very first time Sister Gill and I went to the opera land it was, was a, on a trip with a Brother and Sister Batson that pastored there in Nashville. They took us just simply to see the site of this, this beginning of this great big complex. In the early 80s, the apostolic crusaders hosted their annual national convention in, a di- in this dynamic hotel known as Opera Land. A lot of things have changed since that first youth gathering. The hotel has opened, that opened with 580 rooms, now has 2,888 rooms. It has been interesting to watch over the years as we would go there for our conferences to see the remarkable transformation of that grand hotel. But also in the same context, I remember watching that, 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 that first conference at NYC in Opera Land as probably around 1,200 gathered to worship and praise the Lord, and the songs were being sung... <clears throat> and the worship was going forward, and the preaching was going forward. Amen. Then fast forward to this year where 5,000 were in attendance. Yes, there have been changes. Yes, there's been changes in the way they do things. We now broadcast live around the world our services. Amen. But do you know what the message was? Do you know what the theme was this year? It was not let's see what new thing we can do or how we can preach a new doctrine, but the theme of this year was peace apostolic. Every preacher that got up on the platform amen from the youngest to the oldest began to preach about the truth of God's word. Though there are things that have changed over the years in the way we do things the message cannot change. I'm telling you the message cannot change. I'm I'm, I'm concerned in the world that we live in. People are going so far from truth, so far from truth because they don't have a good, strong foundation in truth. I want to tell you, I believe this foundation is still sure. I believe it is still right. But I want to make sure that we're biblical. I want to tell you this coming year, I have a passion and I have a desire and a vision to become more biblical and go back and talk about the foundations. If we don't know who our God is, we don't know who we are. But if we know who our God is, then we will know who we are. Amen. We're going to start off the year with a, a time... Of getting back to the basics let's talk about truth let's talk about truth but by the time the year is through I want every young person to know who they are because they know who their God is I want every elder to know who they are because they know who their God is but the question is how can we better communicate that to you how can we better get that into you how can we better reach our world with the message of Jesus name baptism amen and the infilling of the Holy Ghost that's where the question is message never changes i'm telling you what the message long as i'm here long as i long as i have the responsibility to lead this church message is not going to change If I get out of order, Bishop, you get a hold of me. You straighten me out, amen. I I want you to know the message cannot, I I can't enter. Do you know why angels are showing up? Because we go back to the message. You know why God is going to move with miracles? It's because the word precedes the miracles. He sent his word and healed them. Somebody say back to the book, back to the book. Paul wrote in Thessalonians in our text, chapter five, verse 21, he wrote, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. You know what that lets me know? And some things is not good. There's some things it's good to turn loose. Thank God they turned loose that years ago they preached against toothpaste. I don't know whoever started that, whoever said that you could... But thank the Lord they got the got the revelation. They need to turn that loose. That's not good. Ain't no one praise God to get 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 the slain in the halitosis and not the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Prove the word "prove" here means to test, to test, to verify, to discern by approving under a test. Let's put it to a test. Proving all things is not merely about a proof, but also refers to something that has been tested. That has been tested. The word here inv- it involves not only the testing of something, but the determining of the value of it after it has been tested. Remember, Amen. Not all chains meets God's gold standard. Okay, not all change meets God's gold standard. Not everything meets God's gold standard. We must continually test it because in the Greek, this is a perfect imperative which means to continually, habitually follow this command. It's not a one-time test. It's not just that we tested something in the 70s and we say, well, it was good then, it's good. No, let's retest it again. Let's test it again in the microscope of wisdom. Let's test it under the microscope of God's standard. Standard and seal of approval. The Greek word for approve here means to, to make an, a critical examination of something to determine its genuineness to make a critical examination of something to determine its criticalness. I want to tell you as standing here today, there may be new things that we do, but I want to say this, by the help of the Lord, we do it through prayer and fasting. We do it by studying and seeing. Oh God, is this what you want us to go? I got a word for you today. There is a test that we need to examine. It's from Romans chapter 12 and verse number one. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. I want to show you five things that we need to do to test. Amen. Change. Five things. Number one is the sacrifice test. Present your body a living sacrifice. Here's some questions in this test. Is it possible to move forward with this change and still maintain my holy sacrifice to God? Slow down because I want you to catch it. Is it possible for me to move forward with this change and still maintain a body that is a living sacrifice? I got to ask myself these questions. Will this change dilute the quality of my sacrifice amen does does my sacrifice look right in this change what is the attitude that I present to the Lord if I change this every day of our life presents us with these opportunities to test it should I go here should I watch this should I be that should I be involved in that oh God if if it dilutes my sacrifice if it diminishes the quality of my relationship with you then I need to say That doesn't pass the test. But if it draws me closer to you, if it draws me closer to you, if it draws me closer to you, hallelujah. You know, there's some folks, can I just preach a little while? I'm only getting you one time today. There's some folks, you need to be carrying your Bible, not your iPad. Because when you get in church, you click on your Bible, but then you click on your Amazon. And you click on your Facebook. Leave your pad at home if that's your discipline. It's not good. It's not good. Hallelujah. Amen. Bring your Bible. Somebody say, "If if I can't have the discipline to put my phone aside after I read my scripture, amen, unless you're taking notes, unless you're studying, unless you're looking at the word, you ought to put it down. I'm telling you, this is a good thing for some folks. But some folks, it changes their way of sacrifice. Somebody say that's good preaching, Pastor. Test it. Test it. The second thing is it's the sacrifice test and the holy test. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Somebody say, holy. When we get a glimpse of God, when we see His holiness and His glory, we're going to be changed. But this world would like for us to be squeezed into its mentality to think that this is the way things are and how things are. But we need to make sure, is this holy? Is this change holy? Is this change holy? Will this change help me maintain the concept of consecration and separation to God? Will this change make me more like the world or more like Christ? I said, will this change make me more like the world or more like Christ? God is holy. Does this change make me see him as such? Will this change make me a better representative of God in my world? Well, I think I'll just wear this or I think I'll dress like that because it's going to make me look more acceptable to the world. I want to tell you, it's not about being acceptable to the world, but rather it's the next test. It's to be acceptable unto God. Lord, is my change being pleasing to you or does it try to impress everybody else? Am I changing you? Am I posting on my Instagram so I get so many likes? I want people to like me. I want people to help me. But no, there is an acceptable test. Present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable. Acceptable test is, Lord, does this please you? Is this change about pleasing me or is it about pleasing you? Is this change about making others like me or making you like me oh God Amen. is it about me being accepted by people or being accepted by God does it bring me into the praise of people or does it bring me into the presence of God change is good if it passes the test the fourth test is your reasonable service the word reasonable refers to rational intelligence. Don't check your brain at the door. When it comes to living for God, we are not mind-numb robots. We're not just going to follow like a bunch of little robots around. No. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Got to go to church. But it's about being reasonable in your thinking. Right. 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 Yes, Have you ever watched somebody that they, they start doing something and you thought, it don't make a lick of sense? <laughs> and you see them get further and further and, further and further and further and further and further away from the Lord. It's because they didn't put it to the reasonable test. Right. Does this make sense? When you can begin to study that a little bit deeper, reasonable service means. Spiritually intellectual worship. So, i got to ask myself, is this change dumbing down my worship? Is this change dumbing down my worship? Does it diminish or elevate my praise? Does it dilute my worship or does it encourage my worship? Hallelujah. I watch people today as they, as, as, as they okay, I'm going to go follow this group. I'm going to go follow that. I'm going to go follow that. And their praise begins to drop and their praise begins to diminish. Amen. If you're doing something, don't blame the praise team. Don't blame the praise team because your worship is diminished. If a devil can, a, a, a demon possessed man that wanted deliverance can worship the Lord in spite of the devil, then anybody can worship God anywhere, anytime. But I don't want anything to change my reasonable worship. Praise God. Here's a novel idea. I mean, this is really novel, profound, deep, revelatory. Pray before you change. Pray. I'm not talking about, okay, now, now Lord, just let me know if that cat walks across the yard that's over there on the yard, already walking that way. If that cat walks on the lo- yard, I'm going to go do this. I'm talking about praying, praying, real praying, earnest prayer, seeking God. He'll give you an answer. The fifth test I want to tell you is the thinking test. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. If your reasonable intellect is still being a problem, then you need to change the way you're thinking. You need to change the world the way you're thinking. Amen. There is a thinking of our age that is so diabolical and Babylonian type mentality. I want to say Hollywood is no longer an entertainment industry. It is a morality standard setting industry. Codes, culture, ethics, standards, Amen, is set by a media, not by the ministry. We need to get back to let the word of the Lord help us. Many Christians today attend church for a couple hours a week. Listen to the message and go home. The rest of their week, their thinking, their values, their views is shaped by the world and not by the word. These are the same kind of folks that embrace practices that are not good, but rather they need to be put to the test and get rid of that which is not good, but hold on to that which is good. Hold on to that which is good. Prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How can we navigate a world that is constantly changing? How can we navigate a world that's constantly throwing aside traditions? Folks, there's some traditions that we need to hold on to and there's some that's okay to let go. We need to understand the test. Test it. Test it. Some fences can be moved, but landmarks can never be moved. You remember my teaching on that? Walls can never be moved. Bulwarks can be moved. We need to be careful. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Somebody say that it's good. It's good. Hold on to that which is good. The word good here is defined in six different ways in in one particular dictionary. In Greek dictionary, good means good or fine moral character. Hold on to that which is fine moral character. The second one is good that is fine value. Hold on to that which has value to it. It has value to it. And then the third one is hold on to that which is advantageous, which means it provides a superior benefit in your life. Hold on to that which is fitting, that which is good and proper. Hold on to that which is fitting. Number five, hold on to what is beautiful. The Lord says do everything decently and in order. Amen. Let's hold on to what is beautiful. Let's hold on to what is beautiful. Beautiful. If lifting my hands is considered beautiful in the house of God. Let me hold on to yes, it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me hold on to what is beautiful. Let me hold on as the sixth definition is important. What is important? The changing of the message is happening left and right because people are not filtering it through a, a test. A test. Amen. Stand with me please. We will not, we cannot afford to do things based on the popularity trending. But if something comes along, a new idea, a new way comes along that helps us better get the gospel in your hand, better makes us a better church, then let's jump on it. After we prove it, let's jump on it. What do you say? If it makes us a beautiful church, people... Process, methods, let's, 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 let's follow after that. What do you say? Hallelujah. Can I invite you? I know it's fist bump Sunday. But can I invite you to the altar? Can I invite you to the altar today? God wants to take MPC to some new places, but we need our heart to be sensitive that we don't just change for the change sake but rather that we change with test. We put it to the test. We put it to the test of the Word of God. We put it to the test of the Word. Is it gonna make the message readily accessible? Is it gonna make the message more to people. Lord, help us, Dave. It's going to help us bring hope and build lives. God, let us prove it. Let us show it. Lord, in the name of Jesus, to be a church that is on the cutting edge, God, of your word of revival. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival today. Lord, send revival today to MPC. God, send us into a place of perpetual revival. Send us into that place today. Hallelujah. Lord, we know that prayer never changes. We're going to keep praying. Lord, we know that worship never changes. We're going to keep worshiping. We know the word never changes. We're going to keep preaching. God we know that souls are our mission we're never going to keep reaching we're going to continue to keep reaching in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah change us into your likeness change us into your image every day God let us become more like you every day let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us let us reach for that which is good let us reach for that which is wholesome let us reach dear God for that which is fitting in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Lord you know Jesus came along and they called him a wine bibber John had come John the Baptist had come and he was a weird strange cat he wouldn't eat with anybody he'd only eat some things like locusts and wild honey and dress in a wild get up. I mean, he was a strange guy. He came preaching, you bunch of generation of vipers and snakes, repent for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus comes along and said, can I go to your house? Can I sit with you? Can, can I go to your house? Can I, can I sit down with you? And they said, look at him. He's not like John. You know what Jesus said? He said, wisdom is justified in her children. What is he saying? He's saying John did it one way because that's what God needed. That's because that's what God needed right then. He needed that kind of, but we're not coming to just simply replicate that. He said, I'm going to do the way that I know that the Father wants me to do that. Amen. How many want to do it the Father's way? I want to do MPC the Father's way. Amen. Heavenly Father, make us, Lord, a, a willing vessel, God, today to follow you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.